Welcome to Teach Musically, the music studio teacher's guide to business and pedagogy resources. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. As music teachers, we know that it takes three to tango the student, the teacher, and the parent. When personalities, goals, and approaches align, it can be a magical combination that leads our students to success and a love of music. However, I'm sure we've experienced a time when this trio just couldn't find harmony and led to conflict in our studios. Definitely. Oftentimes, the tricky variable is the parent. Our studios are likely made up of a lot of different parents' personalities who have different values, goals, and approaches to music learning. While our approach should remain flexible from student to student to reflect their goals, I'm sure there are certain parent personalities that we love, while others can be a bit tricky to deal with. Yes, and finding clients who are easy to work with can make our lives so much more happy and stress-free. Most importantly, they allow us to focus on the music and on the learning. Today, we're going to discuss the six most common parent personalities we've experienced in our time as teachers. We'll go over each personality and share some of our personal experiences. Okay, let's start off with one that I'm sure every studio teacher has, which is what I like to call the ghost. Ah, yes, the ghost. Now let's distinguish here, there can be two different types of ghosts, the friendly ghost and the silent ghost. A friendly ghost will only make contact when necessary. If you ask them a question, they will get back to you. If you send an invoice, they will pay it. And then there's the silent ghost, the one that just doesn't seem to know how to reply to any communication. This one can become a little bit frustrating, especially if they're not paying on time or there are issues that need to be solved. Do you have any ghosts in your studio and are they the friendly ghost or the silent ghost? I'm really lucky right now that if I do have any ghosts, they are the friendly ghosts. We give each other the room to do our part and we also contact each other when necessary. I think a lot of parents are also busy with their lives so they value working with someone who isn't overbearing but also responsible. I actually like friendly ghost parents because it does save me a lot of time. I shouldn't say that because of course I do appreciate it when parents want updates on their child's progress, but sometimes at the end of a lesson it's nice to just send them out the door and then relax. Parent communication can add on a lot of extra hours to our week. Yeah, that's true. Ghosts have their positive and negative qualities. Overall, I think the ghost parent is a nice addition to the studio that gives you a little bit of a break. I wouldn't want a full studio of ghosts though. Now, if we had to define the opposite of a ghost parent, that would be a helicopter parent, and this term is becoming more and more mainstream. Yeah, I'm starting to hear that term a lot, so I googled it, and here's what Google says. It says, helicopter parents are parents who pay extremely close attention to their kids' activities and schoolwork in an effort to not only protect them from pain and disappointment, but to help them succeed. Helicopter parents are known to hover over their child and become overly involved in their lives. Now, I think a lot of helicopter parents, maybe they get a bad rap, and I do think they have good intentions. Um, They just want to be as involved as they can to help their child. But I think there is a line that we can draw between helpful and harmful. You're right. There is a fine line, and I think that line crosses when the parent starts to take over the lesson and starts to speak on behalf of their child. It can also be harmful when parents are overprotective of their child and will not let them experience any type of failure or disappointment. Good point. And let's be honest, disappointment and failure are a big part of music learning, as we discussed in one of our previous episodes about memorization. I have had a few helicopter parents in my studio, and I find it really difficult and awkward to address this behavior with them. When a child misbehaves, that's one thing. I think it's okay to bring up this behavior with the parent because children are still learning right from wrong. But it's really weird to sort of critique the behavior of an adult Mm -hmm. and to tell them to change their own behavior. 
And another thing is that I don't really, I don't have any children of my own. So I feel like I have less authority to tell a parent what they should and should not do with their child. Yeah, I also have that issue as well because I also don't have children. And so it's it's weird to cross that barrier to almost like teach or suggest what to do mm -hmm. um, when teaching your kids. It's, it's a very difficult balance to have. So it can be uncomfortable for sure. And when a parent's behavior starts disrupting the child's learning, I'll often discuss with the parent privately, such as on the phone. And I try to open up a very collaborative dialogue that doesn't necessarily point fingers, but just addresses the issue diplomatically. And at the end of the day, we're all supposed to be a team of a student, a teacher, and a parent and not enemies. So when you've had these conversations about like the helicopter parent, like how do you bring it up and how has it gone? Have they changed or do they kind of revert back to their usual ways? It usually takes like a few conversations, you know, you kind of ease them into it. But I have mm -hmm. um, just found that calling them and just telling them, hey, I've noticed that um, your child is having difficulty, I don't know, with like concentrating in the lessons. And I try to make it more of a collaborative approach and say, can we maybe do, not necessarily asking them to back off, but maybe I'll say, hey, when you're on the sidelines and you're trying to encourage them, maybe try saying this instead of saying whatever negative thing they were saying earlier. So I just try to keep what they're trying to do, which is the idea of them wanting to be involved and helping their child, but make it into a more positive environment and the way that they're communicating to be better for the lesson. So it's not like I'm trying to shut them down necessarily. I'm just trying to work with them. That's a good approach. You're braver than me. <laughs> Overall, I find the helicopter parent really draining. And in the past, I've actually just dismissed them from my studio because I couldn't deal with it. This particular child had a really naturally independent personality and she liked to figure things out for herself. This parent was so overbearing, it created such a tense and awkward dynamic. Um, actually, I did try discussing it with him, but he had no intention to change, did not want to change. So I had to let them go and it was very sad. That is like a really disappointing situation, especially if the parent like doesn't want to change. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's almost like when you have relationships with other people, you want to set your boundaries, you want to set your conditions. And if the other person is not going to change or willing to compromise, then it's just that you guys are not a match. Yeah, and that's okay. Not everyone's going to be a great match for your studio. Yeah, there's always going to be a teacher and student and family for everybody. You know, at the end of the day, we do have to do what's necessary to keep us, you know, happy and fulfilled with our teaching. So oftentimes the helicopter parent can sort of overlap with the next parental personality on our list. And that is the parent who fulfills their dreams through their child. This is a parent who has always wished they learned music, but maybe never had the opportunity or just quit too early. Yep, and now they're fulfilling that dream through their child in hopes that their child can accomplish what they were never able to. I think this type of dynamic can play out in so many different ways. It really depends on how the parent pushes the child and their attitude towards the learning process. I definitely agree. If there is a student who has zero interest or musical aptitude, it can make for a very resentful dynamic between the child and the parent. And then obviously that's going to also affect the music too. So it could be more beneficial for the parent to let the child naturally explore and discover their own interests. Exactly. It's really a fine balance. With just the right amount of encouragement and involvement, this parent could really help their child succeed. Speaking of resent, this reminds me of another family I used to teach. I think this dynamic was clearly at play because this father sat in on every single lesson and he actually practiced all the same things that the child did. So actually, now that I look back, I'm not sure if this was a, a situation of a parent fulfilling his dream through the child or a parent looking for like a two for one lesson deal, <laughs> or maybe it was like a bit of both, but it was a strange dynamic. 
It makes me think a little bit ahead into the future, and we discussed before that there were so many things we wished we had done or learned differently as kids for a better musical foundation and upbringing. Have you thought about how you would incorporate music lessons into your own kids' lives in the futures or how they would get involved? I have thought about this. I'm a part of a lot of piano teacher groups on Facebook, and I see a lot of the same type of posts over and over from parents who say it's impossible for them to teach their own kids. I think when maybe when a criticism comes from a parent to a child, it's just taken a lot more personally. Um, even some of my students' parents tell me that they won't listen to their instructions during the week, but they'll listen to me when I tell them the exact same thing, you, just because I'm the teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they just need that like neutral third party to deliver the critique. Um, this makes me sad, obviously, because I feel like you know I have the skill to teach my kids a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they probably won't let me. <laughs> so I think I'll approach music probably in a fun but consistent way. I want them to work hard, but they should also explore other hobbies too. I think that it can be a very difficult dynamic to balance like mother and child and then also have teacher into the mix because now the child doesn't know how to play its role in that little dynamic. So I can definitely understand when parents can say like, I can't teach my child. It is a very difficult combination to navigate through. Yeah. Did your parents ever like critique you when you were practicing as a kid or try to help you? Honestly, I remember my mom telling me that she helped me, um, like she practiced with me every day up until RCM level six, but I have no recollection of it. So Mm -hmm. I can't answer your question at all. (laughs) It's all blocked out. Okay, my parents didn't really say much, but like occasionally my dad would just be like, you play the wrong note or that was wrong. Which, like, annoyed me because I already knew it was wrong. So I just be like, I know, leave me alone. So I think, like, something like that, maybe it's just not helpful. Yeah, I think it, it's just a very difficult dynamic to balance. And sometimes it's just better for the parent to just let the child explore in their practice room whether or not it sounds good. Yeah. This is a great segue into our next parent personality, the fellow musician. And Leanne, I guess this will be describing you one day. A fellow musician is a parent who has a good amount of musical training of their own. And this type of parent can be great to have as part of your studio because they bring a deep understanding of what it means to learn an instrument long term. They know that learning music takes time, patience, and discipline. Yep, and they understand that it's okay if a student's interest wavers or they have to remind their child to practice. Some parents are off-put by this and they'll interpret it as their child being disinterested in music. But a fellow musician knows that these lulls in interest are totally normal and can happen, especially during such a long journey like learning music. Do you have any fellow musician parents in your studio? At this time, not really. I've had parents who have taken piano lessons as a child Mm -hmm. because their parents enrolled them. So they got their badges, so to speak, you know, they got through all the levels and their exams. But I wouldn't necessarily call them musicians. So while they might not have a passion for music, their background in piano does wonders because they are familiar with the music process and they can help their child practice. I have two fellow musician parents in my studio right now and their children are some of my best students. They excel at a consistent and steady rate and they follow all of my instructions really well. They're also very respectful of following my methods and trusting me. They know just how much to push their kids and just how much to give them their space. I think they've really found the perfect balance. It sounds like you have a couple of dream parents in your studio. Mm -hmm. Where there are dreams, though, sometimes there are nightmares. And that brings us to our next piano parent, the backseat driver. This parent takes over the lessons, interrupts you, and does not seem to trust that you can help the child on your own. 
This is probably the most frustrating type of parent to deal with and it's so awkward. Oftentimes I find they're quite impatient and they just don't want to give their child room to make mistakes or to think for themselves. They also become frustrated very quickly and create a tense environment for everyone. At this point in my teaching, I don't think I would even keep this type of parent in my studio. What's your experience been like with the backseat driver parent? I've had this mix of a little bit of this backseat driver plus the helicopter parent plus also living their dreams through their child. (laughs) It was like a triple threat. (laughs) They kind of go together. Yeah, they do. They have this interesting chemistry within it. Um, And I found them, like you said, really overbearing and impatient. And they were basically just having their lesson vicariously through the student so or their child. And they would attend the lessons, they would take notes, and they would be so involved on the sidelines. It was like they were literally on the piano bench. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be practicing on their lap. And while they were having a blast on their side of the couch and would sometimes even be supportive with what I would say, sometimes what they would do when they're trying to support what I'm saying would be a negative comment. So for example, I would say, hey, um, this is a mistake you've been making like for the past few weeks. What can we do to mm-hmm. help you remember not to play this wrong note again or something? And usually we just leave it there and I let the child figure out something for themselves that would help them remember. But then this parent would come in and be like, yeah, she's been telling you about this for three weeks. How come you can't remember? You've been practicing it for so long. And you can just see that child just like shut down. And I'm like, maybe the reason why they're not getting this note right is because they just feel this immense shame when they approach this piece all the time. I know. It's so unhelpful. Yeah. Comments like that, I'm like, what's the point? It, it doesn't solve anything. Like, maybe make a suggestion or something, right? Yeah. Or at the very least, just don't say anything. Yeah. And so while I appreciated their enthusiasm and it was felt very deeply, I just wanted them to create an environment for their child where they could just be themselves. And ultimately, that's where you're going to learn the best anyways. That's true. And this makes me wonder, for these parents who are like fulfilling their dreams through their child, why don't they just learn music? Why don't they take the time to learn themselves? I know, right? And this very same parent would come back and say sometimes that they would also have learned the piece at home so they can help the child too. But really, they were just like learning it for themselves. Let's be real about that. I'm like, why don't you just take lessons? Because it's clear your child doesn't really want to be here, but you do. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, but I don't have any time or whatever. I'm like, but you just practiced it. But you're practicing. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're attending the, the lesson and you're practicing. So you're pretty much uh, you're pretty much there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's talk about our final parent personality, which is the perfect parent. And this may look a little bit different depending on how you run your studio and what you expect of the parents. I've given this a little bit of thought and I came up with three main things that I think make up the perfect parent. Number one, which is most important, is that they're having their child learn music for the right reasons. So it's not to win a competition or to get an exam certificate. Uh, They want to learn, they want their child to learn to enrich their lives and to have a creative outlet and to foster like discipline and perseverance. Number two is that they'll respect me as a person and they respect my profession, including the policies and my time. So they pay me on time, they arrive to class on time, and they don't expect me to bend the rules for them. And number three, they're involved enough to help the learning process, but not so involved that they micromanage. And four, they give a nice Christmas present. Just kidding. (laughs) Not really. Number four is pretty nice sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes teaching is a thankless job, so, you know, (laughs) give us those gifts. (laughs) I am pretty lucky though, the majority of my studio falls into this type of parent, but that's because I've curated it, right? The ones that give me trouble, I let them go, and then the good ones I keep. So now I've really built up like a really strong studio. 
So I want to know what's your description of the perfect parent. I would say my idea of a perfect parent is also very similar with the qualities you have, especially the one that you mentioned about that their child is learning for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just there so that they can get a certain uh, level so that they can use it as a high school credit or things like that, but to genuinely just be there to learn and to enrich their lives. Because I think if you approach any extracurricular with that idea, you will always apply the right amount of pressure that that child needs, whether they just want to do it for leisure or they do want to do it for competition's sake. So it, it's not like a forced upon pressure to the child. And I think that for me anyways, relieves a lot of the pressures across the board when it comes to running my studio. And so the one thing that I think I would add is that this parent is positive, supportive, and realistic. Because there are some parents out there that can, they think that they can just keep pushing their child and overload them with so many extracurriculars aside from music that it just spreads the child way too thin. And they come to like music lessons half asleep because they're just stressed and they're tired. So I think having a parent that is realistic and compassionate to allow their child to simply just be a child is also very important. Remember, there are all different types of people and personalities that will cross our paths. It's up to us to decide how we want to be treated and how we want to run our studios. If a student or a parent is causing you stress, frustration, or is simply not compatible, don't be afraid to move on. Eventually, you'll curate a wonderful studio that will make you feel happy about teaching every day. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Are there any parent personalities we missed? How would you describe a perfect parent? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for more great podcast episodes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!